Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show show, the show about shows. I'm your one of your hosts, Tanner, otherwise known as Dirt Reynolds. I'm Cam. And today we're going to be talking about the late 90s SNCC hit, Kablam, an onomatopoeia of sorts. And before we get started, uh, Cam, I sent you the... Uh, I sent you a very nice uh, screenshot of you did. something from the show that I feel it would be apt to recite. Set the tone a little bit. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's start on three. All right. All right. One, two, three. I, I pledge, pledge allegiance to Kablam, to Kablam and the excited, the excited snakes, snakes of America. Of America. And to the cartoons, the cartoons who make us stand. stand. One, comic One comic book, irreplaceable, irreplaceable liver free, free with, with jetpacks. Jet Boom! <laughs> that kind of gives you a, a a bit of a sneak peek as to what the, the tone of this cool. program. Absolutely. If you could, if you could even call it a program, it's kind of just like. They kind of just gave a bunch of animators like 30 minutes on uh, primetime Nickelodeon and just like go crazy. I mean, it wasn't even all prime, it wasn't even all cartoons. That's true. That's true. So yeah, let, let's just kind of get into it. So okay. uh Kablam was kind of piloted on all that to begin with. Yes. In a like a like of- a loose spinoff. Oh, yeah, like a backdoor pilot, almost. And the audience loved it, so Nickelodeon was like, we got to have more of this. They were basically like, give me that give me that comic book. It's like crack to them. So, basically, uh, a group of animators. Now, obviously, Henry and June, who were the hosts of the show, they were drawn by Mark Merrick, who, as some of you know, the guy that created Mad on Cartoon Network, among many other things. Um, they basically got a full season order, and there ended up being about four seasons of the show. Yep. And Last, lasted longer than I thought. Um, it aired a little earlier than I thought. Uh, I remember it when I was... I was around five, so that would have put me at like two thousand. So I may have seen the, the t- like tail end of like reruns, but uh, no, four seasons. Um, I, I maybe it's just because it's a thirty minute show. Uh, you don't think it? You don't think it like has lasted that long? But uh, no, they they got four in, which is impressive for a children's show. Oh yeah, absolutely, and especially uh, Nickelodeon at that time, yeah, because. I mean, the only show that lasted longer than like four seasons on the network at the time were Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. The staples. <laughs> two, two of the first three that came out. Yes. Um, and even Ren and Stimpy kind of had a slight couple hiccups to uh, get to five seasons. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get into that at a later time. But... Yeah, so Kablam lasted four seasons, and I think it was 48 episodes. I mean, that, like you said, pretty solid run. Yeah. Um, the show actually predates uh, this co-host by two weeks, exactly. Wow. <laughs> so um, I definitely remember, like, obviously being, like, a little kid 
mm-hmm. watching the show. Yeah, like I, like, I, I remember, like I, I might have been like four or five when I watched it. I would have. I, like, I do. I do remember it uh, fairly well. Yeah, like I remember Henry and June specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, Action League now was huge. Um, yes, yeah, I still see the memes every now and again. Oh my god! What the what the mayor? <laughs> All of them. Everybody. The that uh, stinky diver. Um, Meltman. <laughs> Meltman. Yeah. <laughs> Meltman was a simp, <laughs> like for Thunder Girl, like I'm dead serious. But anyway, um, yeah. So and one I did not remember, and I guess it's the first one I kind of want to get into because it was the first one that they showed was Sniz and Fondue. Hmm. I I remember Sniz and Fondue a little bit. Uh, I don't. I going back and watching it. Um. It's better than better than I remember as a kid. I didn't. I remember. I didn't really care for it as a kid. When I watched Kablam when I was little, I really only cared about uh, Action League Now and Prometheus and Bob. I feel like with Action League Now, it was so appealable. It made it like, its own show. Well, yeah. I feel like the reason it was so appealable at the time was because, like, especially to like even smaller kids, it's basically because like you could do that with your own action figures. Yeah. Like they basically were doing what you would do in the sandbox in your living room, like all that kind of stuff with your own toys. And I mean, the formula worked. I mean, like you said, like they made a whole fucking show out of it, which we'll get to in a little bit. But kind of to circle back to Sniz and Fondue. So I didn't, like I said, I did not remember this, this portion of the show when I was younger. Um, I mean, I'm sure I caught a couple, but obviously it didn't really register, mm-hmm. but going back, I really liked it. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I do not think, I don't think it was ahead of its time. I also don't think it was before its time. No, it's but, very, it was very like late, late nineties, early two thousands kids show which is fine yeah it it was a like i would say an above average like late 90s early 2000s kids show with like all their like weird catchphrases and stuff yeah and then the um it reminded it reminded me um a little bit of rocco a little bit which is ironic because i'm about to break some news for you i'm not sure if you looked into this so Sniz and Fondue was piloted in 1992. And unfortunately, the show that it had to go up against to become the fourth Nicktoon was Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, they made they made the right decision. Oh, absolutely. Rocco is a better show. Uh, but I like I can definitely see like there, there are similarities here. It's a, oh, it's yeah. like it's it's a little bit more like I don't want to say adult, but like the humor is a little bit more highbrow and like I don't know what else was out at the time. Niche. It it's kind of niche. Humor. Yeah, yeah. Like whereas like Rocco has a lot of in jokes and a lot of like contextual humor, and this show is the same way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you almost 
kind of have to watch the other bits to like get the humor. Yeah. Like it's not so it, it's not something you can like just come into completely dry. Like Action League now, you can totally do that. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no through line with any of the episodes of Action League now, or or some of the other some of the other ones too. But definitely, definitely that one for sure. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Snooze and Fondue ended up, you know kind of getting passed over but then with the creation of kablam and because they'd already kind of put some episodes together like some shorts they decided to kind of let it air over there and it obviously did really well and yeah what's unfortunate is that this came at the expense of the creator of the show so Initially, when the pilot was made, the creator had help from John R. Dilworth, who, as some of you may know, is the creator of Courage the Cowardly Dog. He directed the pilot, and in addition to that, they also had help from the company that helped make Doug. So there was a lot of, you know momentum behind this a lot of talented a lot of talented people in there for sure yeah but unfortunately because doug had already been bought out and that studio had already been bought out by the time kablam was starting production so that was it was four years later right uh somewhere in that realm Yeah. yeah i mean production probably started in like late 94 early 95 somewhere in there but because they had been bought out by then, they could not contractually honor their obligation to Sniz and Fondue, which very unfortunate. This put a lot of pressure on the creator of the show, which sucks. And honestly, after watching the entirety of Kablam, watching all of the Sniz and Fondue shorts, I can honestly say they did a phenomenal job with that show. Under the circumstances, yeah. Yeah, under the time slot. Because if you watch if you watch the pilot and then you watch the rest of them, there's like thematically it still works. Yeah, yeah. They didn't it, really they didn't really change the, the spirit of the show. Yeah, exactly. So because of how well it was doing on Kablam, it was getting a lot more recognition from the network heads and they were thinking about giving it another chance at a full show but unfortunately because the creator had practically slaved away on the show and you know and he had and he had another job had 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 another job doing uh god i can watership down watership down yeah yeah which very hard tonal shift. Yes. <laughs> Very talk, hard. You tonal talk shift. about a left turn. <laughs> like just straight off a fucking cliff. <laughs> some would argue. Yeah, how about you make some cartoons about rabbits murdering each other, buddy? How about that? Yeah. How, <laughs> how about some rabbit genocide? So basically, 
you know, his company and him were like working really hard on that. And he was becoming frustrated with how little support he was getting from, you know, Kablam and the network that, that he, yeah. And the network and he quit, just stopped making them. And because that slot to make its way into a 30 minute program became open SpongeBob comes in and takes its place. <laughs> like of all shows, just just the worst the worst time in maybe in human history. Yeah, I mean <laughs> like in my opinion well, obviously like the first 3 seasons of SpongeBob and Rocco are like two of the top 5 Nicktoon shows. Cartoons. Like, honestly, are arguably animated television shows of all time uh, arguably but like to have to go up against both of them and it i mean it sounds like technically speaking sniz and fondue had won against spongebob and had it been for the creator you know being more committed to the show at the time which obviously i do not blame him for at all yeah he was under a lot of stress like i don't I don't fault him for making the decision. No, not at all. So anyhow, um, it gets passed over and the show kind of just dies on Kablam, which is unfortunate, but like aired for like we three said, of the four total seasons. I know, which is insane when you think about it. It aired every single episode of the first season, which is wild to me. But uh moving on, um, we obviously touched on uh, Action League now. Mm-hmm. So, probably the most successful. Uh, yep. Short. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think that I don't think its style has aged well. <laughs> mm, I mean, current day. If you, if you can do robot chicken, you could do this, you can make it work. I mean, even Robot Chicken's kind of dated. But that's part of the appeal. They're both kind of, you know, Chuckamation in a way. Yeah, but that's, I think that's that's part of the appeal, though. Like, that's, like, that's part of the reason you watch it. Yeah, for sure. But I, I don't know. Like, I obviously, I went back and watched all the episodes that are available on Paramount+. Plus. I, I would not consider myself impressed. <laughs> yeah. Um going back and watching it yeah like obviously there are some moments like with the characters and the situations where the writing is just good enough for it to be funny but like the slapstick for me is kind of kind of past for that specific show and like honestly i thought this was a show i was going to come back to with Kablam that i would go back and enjoy a little bit more but because of just like honestly in some cases how fucking gross it is <laughs> yeah that's that's very true a yeah, lot of to- a lot of toilet humor literally uh, no no kidding like i went back and was watching most of the series today and uh the last episode in the production run that they have available on paramount plus which will get to the extreme confusion and legal hangups that are 
preventing all the episodes from being on there. Um, like the chief blows up, <laughs> like he gets really fat and then like blows up because he was cursed, and just a bunch of like food products just get scattered around. Ugh, it's just nasty as hell. But like that was the nineties. That was the appeal. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's something that, like, as a kid, I was like, <laughs> that was funny. But, like, now I'm just like, eh, it's gross. Would not want that to be me. Yeah. You, yeah, that's true. Watching it watching it through a different, like, with a different eye, I guess, probably might sour you on it. Uh, one show I do think held up well, still to this day, is uh, Prometheus and Bob. Yes. I'll, I'll, won't you take take the uh, descriptor on this? <laughs> sure. Uh, so, see if I can see the best way I can describe this. Um, Prometheus and Bob is stop motion. Uh, I'm not sure what materials they used. I'm not sure. I want to know. Uh, it features the camera <laughs> recorded mission laws of Prometheus, an alien who comes to Earth attention to teach a caveman Bob everyday things. So essentially every skit is like, okay, Prometheus is going to teach Bob how to like cook or teach Bob how to ice skate or teach Bob how to um, like make, wear clay. Sh- make clay. Yeah, wear shoes. Um, Play basketball. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and literally every episode is uh, they barely speak. Do they, do they speak? Um, it's not like complete sentences yeah it's like here here come here like because you know prometheus is like trying to you know herd bob back in every episode involves uh prometheus being grievously injured (laughs) and it is it is hilarious even still and you know like a recurring character is this monkey that bob no the monkey bob yeah (laughs) yeah the the monkey is constantly wreaking havoc on Prometheus's experiments. And he's usually the reason why Prometheus gets beat the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> and it's great. Like this, this of all the shows, I think aged the best because it's just like, you know, Looney Tunes ass humor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't go wrong with it. No, no, absolutely not. And like, it's like, so minimal dialogue and like we mentioned that like it just works yeah it's just it's just visual humor yeah and the funny thing about this is that because of how successful it got on the show they were considering doing a live action adaptation of it that wouldn't it wouldn't have worked well the two they were trying to get for it were david spade who I okay. okay, who I imagine was supposed to be Prometheus in this situation, and Chris Farley. Hmm, all right, I'm, I'm 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 listening. So basically, you know, they were gonna make them be Prometheus and Bob. It was gonna be live action. So obviously, it would. I don't been... know how how much like how much legs that would have had. Like, how, how long do you? keep that going but they could have it could it probably would have been funny yeah i mean i i have no doubt that i would have gotten some laughs out of it 
Do yeah. I know if it would have aged well? Because I feel like they probably would have adult joked it up a little bit. Too yeah, much. or ran out of stuff. Yeah, probably. But unfortunately, our good friend Chris Farley passed away. Yes. And that just obviously put a kibosh on the entire concept. So, funny enough, though... <laughs> it kind of lived a little bit longer than you'd think. Like you would think that with that kind of a concept, it being so specific and everything, it would have just died completely. Kind of like the initial Shrek script. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, somehow, <laughs> somehow it gets turned into that shitty Gulliver travels movie. Are you serious? Like with, the, with Jack Black? I'm dead ass. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Somehow, because I'm pretty I would sure. never have known that. That's wow. It's crazy as fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, obviously I was reading up on it. And apparently the creator of Prometheus and Bob also helped write Gulliver's Travels. So I mm-hmm. guess he took his like Windows 98 XP file. That he saved on his computer on a floppy disk and was just like, eh, these jokes will do. It's Jack Black. (laughs) That's always been funny and everything. And that movie's fucking terrible. (laughs) Do not watch it. It's a bad book, too. Let's not get anything twisted here, but like the fucking movie is really (laughs) bad. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like if the creator wanted to do more Prometheus and Bob stuff on like a YouTube channel. I'd watch it. Like, yeah. That's where I think it could work shit. the best. It, it could definitely work as like uh YouTube clips. Oh, absolutely. It, it would like, or a Patreon. Like I, I honestly, like if I paid five bucks a month, I get like five shorts. I'd pay for it. Mm, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Just, just throwing that out there. This is free. Speaking, PR of, for you. speaking of bad ideas, let's talk about life of Loopy. Ugh. Probably, so, my le- probably my least favorite show. Well, here's my thing. I don't think the show writing-wise is bad. I'll give them credit for what they tried to do with the uh, art style and the animation. I thought Ugh. it was pretty... I thought, I, I thought it was pretty... Uh, innovative. Pretty innovative, yeah. Was it good? No. Eh, you know, jury's still out. But it was... They, they tried something different. I think they deserve credit for it. I think it's definitely got the worst theme song ever. <sighs> just hearing that like off key piano roll there at the end of the theme song just makes my back just spasm up. Like just I hate it. But like I said before, like I think the show itself like had some solid writing in it, and like it's a kid show. Yeah. We're looking at it through an adult lens. It's not for us. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I think with that show, they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. And la- I mean, it's it's one of the uh, three longest lasting uh, shorts that was on Kablam. So apparently people liked it. The, the, the kids enjoyed it. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I God making it past the animation was so hard so fucking hard (laughs) because like 
it's not only the like weird cardboard cutout metal yeah, the, face. Does the shit. live action hands does that bother you? I didn't care for that. <laughs> um, sometimes the characters would have like puppet, like Muppet puppet type hands and stuff. Mm. When that's clearly not what they have any other time. And then sometimes they would they, they would it would just be like a real person's hand. <laughs> yeah, like it was like an extremely proto version of like what Gumball tried to do almost a little bit. Yeah. Like it, it was definitely extremely experimental. Like you mentioned earlier, which visually not, not in content at all. Thank goodness. But it visually reminded me more of like, uh, have you seen like, don't hug me. I'm scared on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the vibes I was getting from it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, another show in a similar vein that got its start, well, not necessarily its start, but like it got really big on Kablam was Angela Anaconda. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another another one that got its own show. I fucking hate that show. <laughs> Didn't care for it as a kid, and going really? back and watching it again, still don't care for it. <laughs> I really don't like it now. It like it's got kind of like Caillou syndrome to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's just snotty, bratty ass kid. The main character is just not likable at all. No, and like sometimes that works. Like Bojack Horseman is a great show. Yeah, that I don't think I don't think that works for like a straight kid show. Like if, if you if it's Fuck like no. an adult adult animation, yeah. Well, yeah, like you know, Angelica's- like Peter Peter Griffin is a terrible person. Homer Simpson is a terrible person. Uh, Bojack Horseman. But when when it's like a kid show, I don't think it works. No, like Angelica's not the protagonist of the Rugrats, right? For a reason, she's the villain. <laughs> but like, it, it's crudely animated. I don't know how it got one full series. Like it ran for like three seasons, very like crudely episodes. Animated. Like obviously, it was you know pretty cheap to make. I figure. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <Or> hope. <laughs> But yeah, like it just oh, fucking disgusting. I I could not watch more than like two skits of it. Luckily, none, luckily none of the episodes that Kablam had it in made it onto the Paramount Plus platform. I think because Fox owns it. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of there's a lot of like rights. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that very soon. I'm sure. Um, another one that, you know, was pretty regular on the show, at least for the first couple of seasons, was The Offbeats. I love it. Pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think my two favorite characters are August and September, I would say. Okay. okay. Obviously, uh, I like dogs. So I like the populars i thought they were funny oh they're funny but like the offbeats make it work you know like Mm -hmm. obviously they're getting roasted but like how the offbeats react to getting roasted (laughs) is all is what sells the show um i think tommy yelling is hilarious (laughs) the one one where they had to clean his coat oh my god (laughs) (laughs) man he was tight (laughs) he was furious 
somebody wash my coat. Like, just yelling, like, so mad. But, like, I'd be mad, too, if I had to walk around with no shirt on all day. <laughs> so, man looked like he just came from the lumber yard. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think that show does a really good job of, like, balancing its characters out. Like, one character doesn't, like, dominate the... Yeah. It reminds me... uh like if you took recess and put it and made it like five minutes instead of fifteen minutes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but let me pitch this out to you. Okay. Does it stylistically kind of remind you of a certain Cartoon Network show? Yes, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> okay, so the creator of the Offbeats is Mo Willems, who great animator, great. Le- a legend, honestly. It, I mean, some would say, but um, Mo Willems actually went on to cancel doing the offbeat shorts because he got a deal over Cartoon Network to do Sheep in the Big City, which we'll talk about eventually. But it's one of the more like forgotten um, cartoon cartoons. And I mean, you can honestly kind of see you talk only... about you talk about ahead of his time. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, artistically, like like I said, you can kind of see, you know, all of the like stuff he was already kind of doing. Like, yeah, like if it, it had come if it had come out three or four years later, it wouldn't it still would have not been dated. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, in addition to that, like that show kind of delved more into like how stories are written, which I mean, like I said, we'll kind of get into that on another day, but I definitely feel like the offbeats was way more um, character driven. And I think that was kind of to the show's benefit. Yeah. It wasn't, they, they weren't, it wasn't just like random jokes for the sake of random jokes. There was like continuity. You kind of knew what you kind of knew what to expect. Whereas with like, Action League now is literally, I don't know what I'm going to see. <laughs> episode yeah, to episode. Yeah, it's just like, how how are they going to fuck things up this week? <laughs> how, is the, how is the flesh going to fuck everything up for everybody this week? So, yeah, I think that part about, you know, the offbeats was pretty strong. That, like you said, they kind of have like a consistent narrative and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And... I mean, honestly, with Mo Willems, you know, being the one behind it, I'm not really surprised by that. Um, the next one I wanted to talk about was Ron Swanson was in Patchhead. <laughs> yep. Adventures of Patchhead. Yes, he was. So obviously, you know, I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit because like a lot of the main bits are really what were the strongholds of the show there it, were a lot the, of the, like what the quality after the shows we just talked about drops off significantly <laughs> yeah well i mean like you know stuff like lava i don't think is a quality drop off but like contextually people are not gonna really vibe with that mm-hmm. i didn't like, like i didn't like jet i didn't like lava i didn't like jet cat i didn't like uh, you like jet cat? i did not wasn't for me Nah, Jet Cat was dope, man. Like, I didn't care like for a little it. superhero. 
like I, I liked how it was kind of like you know this third grader basically is like a superhero and like you know you still have to go through like third grade problems and stuff. I thought that was pretty neat, but I I respect your opinion. Don't brothers, agree with it. Brother, brothers Tiki was okay. I there were too many of them. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's very fair. There were like four. It's still too many. Needed to be like two. I, I didn't really jive with the art style. I don't really understand what was so um, appealing at that time about doing a bunch of stop motion, like puppety type it was shit. Cheap. It was cheap. It was cheap. <laughs> you can do it by yourself. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's that's it. Like it was, all you'd have was, to do is it was less expensive. Yeah, like all you'd have to do is you know get your friends to do the voices for it or like, you know, hire some people out of the newspaper to do some voice work for you. Like that's it. But yeah, like it, God, like, <laughs> like, like Patchhead isn't very good either. For instance, no um, race rabbit, way too many race rabbit bits. Like I, I did not. And I'm a racing fan. We have a whole, racing podcast on this very on this very feed yeah uh shout out to proceed with caution yes but yeah like i just uh, i i don't really get why that show was pushed so hard like i mean it was just kind of mid but like you know sometimes you gotta have a little mid in there but yeah, like it's a life lesson. So it's a life lesson. You gotta have a little mid. Sometimes. Gotta have a little mid sometimes. Gotta have a little bad sometimes too. And let's talk about the bad. Uh, Emmett Freedy was the worst <laughs> I have ever fucking watched. I don't think I have ever been so disgusted in my life over a thing that I've watched that was supposed to be taken seriously no not good like it's not good mr media is not good what it what it became um no it's 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 ugly it probably gave a lot of kids nightmares i don't know why they aired it yeah like it was just ah, man it just mm. like i just don't understand what possesses a person to make something like so ugly and just awful looking Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and this is nothing against the animator man like props to you for getting something on fucking nickelodeon something i'm probably never gonna do yeah like i mean he probably accomplished his dream yeah or her could could have been or there very true no idea but like uh, (laughs) like People, you know, retch and complain about Mr. Meaty all the time. Like, oh, this is the worst thing they've ever put on Nickelodeon. No, uh-uh. Th- this was worse. <laughs> and I, I urge you, if you have that opinion about Mr. Meaty, please, I beg you, go back and watch that. <laughs> it, It is the worst thing I think I've ever watched. And I'm dead serious about that just disgusting just nothing redeemable about it in my personal opinion 
where do you stand on it? <laughs> on on uh, Mr. Meaty? No, no, on on the Emmett Freedy scale. Oh, uh, I feel the same way. It's it's disgusting. I don't want to see it again. I I feel worse for having watched it, and uh, it should be eliminated from the internet. But <laughs> glad glad we could agree on at least that one. Um, but yeah, kind of just to uh, go back to the like more live action programming on the mm-hmm. show. Um. None of them were really good. No, I I can. That was kind of the, that was kind of the beginning of the beginning to the end where I was kind of like, oh boy, we yeah, yeah like we we, we out, we're out of the glory years now. Yeah, like I watched pretty intently for like the first two and a half seasons. Mm-hmm. Like once there was like more than one live action segment an episode, I was like, uh oh, this is not not good. This is. <laughs> Made shout day. out to some of the um I will say shout out to some of the guest stars that they got. Brett Favre. <laughs> Lou Rawls was in was in an episode, if you remember. Yeah, uh Bill Cowher, Cordell Stewart, they got Buster Rhymes. John Stamos? Yes, what? the very same episode. That's right. I'm just like, how did y'all do that? <laughs> like they, they were huge. They might be um, Giants had two entire unedited music videos air on Coplan. Man, I, I gotta go back and listen to their music. Dead ass. <laughs> like, it, was, it was decent. I you, it was nah, good it was pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Mr. Worm. I play the drums. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, I think it was becoming clear that like as the year 2000 kind of like rolled in that either there was just like a lack of short film coming out or availability to it I really don't know but I think like, it was I think it's a, a situation where you had a lot of the animators and, and uh, production people who were making good uh, cartoons mm-hmm. or either working on larger projects or working elsewhere yeah. So yeah, so you I mean, didn't so you didn't really have time to have like a show of shorts because everybody who would be collaborating to make a short like one person might be working on like uh Courage the Cowardly Dog or one person might be working on like um Dexter's Lab. Dexter's Lab or uh Fairly Odd some, or they or they're or they're trying to get like Brandy and Mr. Whiskers made or something. Oh man. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll talk about that one eventually. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I do agree. I think a lot of talent at that time kind of Spread got sucked out. into – well, I think they almost – like, the network itself almost, like, sabotaged it. Yeah, kind of cannibalized it a little bit, yeah, because – Oh, yeah. They put a lot of uh, resources, as they should have, into SpongeBob around the turn of the millennium. I wasn't even thinking about that necessarily. It was, it was a good decision. Made him a lot of money. It's still making him a lot to this day. But I I wasn't even thinking more so with that route. Like obviously with how the last episode went with Teenage Robot, I think it was pretty clear that that was kind of what happened. Like SpongeBob very much cannibalized that show. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's the case with Kablam. I think 
oh yeah cartoons actually kind of led more so to the demise it was oh, oh yeah cartoons was definitely more um structured and refined i'm i'm not sure Sim- i agree with that similar concepts but well kablam was just kind of like we are throwing loud noises and colors at you for 30 minutes well here's the thing though like i would agree with that for like the first season I don't think I agree with that in total. You think they turned it down? Not so much that. I think the overarching narratives with Henry and June, like after the first season, they were less hosts, but more so like interactive to their own like little plot that mm-hmm. they had every episode. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that was to the benefit of the show. I think if they did that, for the first season too like it honestly i think it would have held up a little bit better but i mean in my mind you know you're trying to appeal to like the six through 12 demographic probably um obviously it was on snick so it aired a little later so maybe you're going for more of the tween like nine to 14 age range um in my opinion, if that is more so what you're trying to aim for, I think Henry and June would be a little bit more of an appeal, a little bit more welcoming than like, oh, yeah, which was just like, oh, we're going to show you a short and then we're going to go to commercial. Oh, and here's another short after the commercial. Like, it, I wouldn't even call, oh, yeah like more organized i would call it more streamlined in a way yeah well that's kind of what i meant though but like when i when i said that because the thing about kablam is like yeah outside of action league now and outside of uh for a while sniz and fondue um and and and, um life with loopy maybe uh you really want Outside of that, you didn't know what you were going to get. Uh, and Prometheus and Bob, yeah. That's right, Prometheus and Bob, yeah. And, I mean, to an extent, Angela Anaconda, but yeah, I I mean, I agree with you in that way. Um, you kind of knew with Oh Yeah cartoons, uh, for a while at least, uh, you could count on Mike Lewinog. Oh my god. Um, what, was, what, <laughs> what else did they have? Chalk Zone. Yeah. Also had like two or three shorts on there. Uh, Fairly Odd Parents had three shorts on there. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think you're right to an extent that like it was also more high quality. Well, yeah, but I think almost like almost like oh yeah, cartoons was like where they sent the A pilots and Kablam was where they sent the B pilots after a certain time. Yeah, and I just don't even think that's fair. No, it's not because yeah. they, they they were there first yeah and honestly i think the henry and june stuff was getting better like yeah. as the seasons progressed i thought that their chemistry as characters i thought that their um story writing specifically for those two characters was becoming really really strong and then the show got fucking canceled <laughs> Which which is really unfortunate because like like I said, like they in my opinion, at least on that end, they were building momentum. But like you said, like the 
quality of the other parts of the show were kind of drifting downward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just like, I just feel like, like I said, they kind of just cannibalized it by putting a more streamlined version, less unique and interesting version of it via, oh yeah. So, just sucks, but like, it is what it is. Nickelodeon wanted something that was um, more so owned by the network, and they had a little bit more creative control over, I think. That and, seems to be a common theme. Uh, yeah, <laughs> seems to be. Um, before we like transition to anything else, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, Shizugi. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it was the only computer animated skit. The only, yeah, it was that they were able to pull off on the show. Well, at least that was on Paramount Plus. Um, I'm not sure if any of the 11 or so episodes that didn't make it there had that on there, but good God. <laughs> Very crude 3D animation, like ratatouille level bad. Oh my God, man. It, it reminded me of, um. have you heard of Food Fight? Yes. It was that bad. Yeah. But like I think I think the people that made Ratatouille made Food Fight. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure. But like, you know, the Shizugi came out in like uh it was in season four, so I would assume 1999, you know, yeah. 2000. Yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. So like in my opinion, it kind of makes sense that like Jimmy Neutron came out bad. around and didn't look like didn't look like shit. Okay, but like we're talking about a you know, a show that got its start being a movie, a feature-length movie yeah, with Nickelodeon backing it. So, like, you already have the character models built up because of that movie, and then you can just transfer them over to the TV side. Like, you, they didn't really have to do anything new to those characters to make them work. We're talking about people doing computer animation on a shoestring budget. <laughs> that's ne- which is never good. No, that, well, not shoestring, floppy disk budget, I guess. Like, <laughs> but you get what I mean. Like, yeah, I mean, it was impressive considering the time. I think it was like, have you seen the Donkey Kong Country cartoon? No, and I'm I'm glad I haven't. Uh, it it is bad. It is not good. Um, highly recommend just looking it up on youtube and at least watching like three minutes just to see how poor the animation is okay but it it was similar to that quality and that had like you know a whole like company pushing it you know so (laughs) so you know i think for the program it was on how much of a budget they were working with for the pilot pretty good all things considered but i think as far as shows that's all that i had written down that were really memorable um did you yeah, have a lot, there were there were a lot of one, other ones that were kind of one-offs i think we kind of covered most of the the mainstays and the ones that uh were significant for one reason or another 
Yeah, I would agree with that. So now I kind of want to get your thoughts more so on like the show as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- where do you stand on like how well it's aged? Um, like just the shell of Kablam, or like the individual uh, skits. Totality. I would say it could probably be done again today. Uh, I think you could do it on like YouTube. Um, you could have like a maybe not maybe not a Kablam show where it's structured in the in the way of like a thirty minute television show, but maybe like a, a channel where you feature shorts from different creators. I think that could work. Kind of like a sink or swim thing. Like if you if you get a lot of views or like you your uh, short is positively received then you get more placements kind of thing basically a platform for uh burgeoning creators uh, yes up and coming animators yeah i mean i agree with you that it could work today Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure it works in the way you're referring because the entire shtick of the show to me was like the comic book you know mm. like you know they can't like turn the page and it's another youtube video unless it's a playlist and even then that doesn't really work all mm, the way I, actually i think you could do it you could do it that way i think that, that would kind of be the way you have to do it you have to do like okay this is a playlist <laughs> yeah just drop a playlist every time you have a, a set of shorts yeah i mean i suppose you could do that i mean it's a pretty original idea like i mean like i don't i can't think of anybody that's really doing anything like that these are free ideas we're floating out there. free game this is very much free game but yeah like i mean i guess you know thinking outside the box which that's pretty much what that entire show is about like yeah i could yeah i could see that kind of thing working out but yeah i i think the concept of it like you know kind of having like a host showcase different cartoons and stuff Mm -hmm. is something that could totally work today honestly i think the format of the show was kind of don't want to say ahead of its time that's so corny but like forward thinking i guess Mm -hmm. because like you know i think that kind of format could work really well now considering that like you know, that kind of show is becoming very valued right now by network executives, like compilations, anthologies, that kind of thing. I mean, that's basically what ridiculousness is, for instance, which we've talked about at length is clip show clip show. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with Henry and June specifically with, you know, how strong the writing was for them, you know, as the series was progressing, I think that, like, if the show picked up chemistry-wise, like, right where it left off today, it could work. It could totally work. Because, like, you know, attention spans are even smaller now. So, like, you know, you throw a short in there and you have these hosts, you know, coming in every, like, four or five minutes. Like, it kind of keeps some form of continuity but you're also not feeling like you're being inundated, which I think was part of the magic of the show. They didn't 
overwhelm the viewer with like a bunch of shorts at once and they weren't always the same length it yeah honestly like in my opinion made the show extremely accessible like you could just come yeah it's definitely it's definitely a a good show for just like throwing on and uh kind of like as 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 background noise almost i mean yeah that (laughs) that's what i've been doing (laughs) the last couple weeks (laughs) in preparation for this um so now i kind of want to get to a much more complicated topic okay which is copyright law (laughs) so basically this show had almost gone extinct in some way on the internet yeah it wasn't available to stream anywhere um nobody had the rights to it nobody still to this day has the definitive rights no um though i think paramount and viacom are working very hard to make that happen Mm -hmm. so essentially the situation is because there are so many of these independent shorts that have been created those are each copyrighted as their own idea their own intellectual property etc etc just because they aired on the showcase on cable television 25 years ago doesn't mean that copyright translates over to whole media releases or streaming as we've you know been talking about mm-hmm. and it almost made syndication almost practically invi- unviable for the show as well like the show hardly was able to get a foothold on Nicktoons when um, it got shifted over to the, as you termed it last time, the C tier network. Yeah. Pretty much what it is. I mean, you're not wrong, but like when it got shifted over there in uh, the early two thousands, like Oh two, something like that. um, When it got shifted over there, basically it had a reduced, um had a reduced rotation so like because of the copyright problems they couldn't syndicate as often so only the shows that paramount and viacom already had the rights to they could show so like the cynicism fondue episodes the life with loopy episodes action league now that kind of stuff prometheus and bob those were cake you could book it Unfortunately, when you have all these one-off shorts that they kept airing later on, made things a lot more difficult. Yeah. As far and Daria, as... if you're if you um, I'm sure we'll talk about Daria at some point, but uh, kind of suffered from a similar situation because because they use so much um, real music. Yes. <laughs> and it and if you uh, as someone who owns the complete series on DVD. And the episodes are dubbed over with uh, just random, like royalty-free, copyright-free music. It it is a detriment to the show. Yeah, because like you know, part of, I mean, obviously, like I didn't watch the show in its time, but I feel like part of the experience of Daria for people in that time was hearing music you knew. 
and some music yeah. you didn't know, yeah. and then it turned and, you con- and contextually it it adds to some of the scenes too. Because my first exposure to it was on the end, um, when it would come oh, on, uh, and they and some and a lot of those episodes did have the original music. So going back and watching them on uh, on DVD with just DVD. like music playing in the background is is disappointing. Yeah, uh, I think on streaming, like I watched the entire series on Hulu. It was a lot of the theme song being played as the bridge music, <laughs> which is a good theme. I like the song, yeah. Like, it, like shout out to Splendora, but um, it's uh, I that like you, you just know that that a different song should be playing. It's kind of a cognitive dissonance thing. Yeah, for sure. But kind of to get back on track with Kablam, um, after like two thousand six or 2005 when nicktoons was rebranded as nicktoons network kablam just went completely off the air for 11 years (laughs) yeah which gone completely gone and like there was only one episode that was on like a vhs tape that was accessible for you know whole media release which not really good for a show's legacy to only have one episode on a compilation VHS. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you wanted to watch it, you just kind of had to hope for, uh, I mean, not that I would advocate for this, torrents, things of that nature, uh, watching like a German version of the show, you know, things like that. Yeah, I when I was um, in like middle and high school, and I wanted to watch like Fashion League Now or something, I would just go on YouTube and watch it. People, it, it, people would just have uploaded a lot of the um, old, and I think that's a lot of them are still up on YouTube uh, to this day. Obviously, like you have two, to go and say that now. Now two, Viacom's gonna go in there and take it down. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, showed up but, now. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't hear that Viacom. But uh, anyway, subscribe to Paramount Plus. Yes, <laughs> free free ad for you. Um, anyhow, we're unpaid, unpaid ad. <laughs> but anyway, very much unpaid. Very, very much unpaid. But yeah, basically, you know, with how complicated the copyright law became, they basically just. Yeah, had to go through a lot of legal hand wringing, and finally, in I think it was 2018 when all the Nicktoons got uploaded to Verve, they finally got some Kablam episodes on there, which was great. Like, oh my god, at least some of the episodes have been saved. However, <laughs> however, um, it was only like seven. Which, yeah, not not great. Seven of forty-eight is not a really good ratio there. So, over the next few years, while they were, um, I I don't know if Verve was acquired, you know, and just kind of shoved in to Paramount Plus. Uh, so to to my knowledge, what happened was that uh. As Viacom and, and Paramount kind of 
uh, what we're doing there, we're putting plans together for a streaming service. Uh, a lot of their content was kind of stretched out along a lot of different places. Like they had a lot of stuff on Netflix, they had a lot of stuff on Hulu, uh, they had a lot of stuff on um, because because Verve was also part of like Crunchyroll and Funimation because I had a Verve subscription for a little while once they had, once they started adding like the Nicktoons. Uh-huh. They eventually removed it, um, and then it pops up on Par- all of the Nick stuff pops up now on Paramount Plus. But I think that was just a um, Verve Stop, yeah. was was a casualty of um, the ongoing streaming wars and uh, everybody kind of doing their own in house thing with the uh, with their own content or the content that they own the uh, subsidiaries for. Yeah, I mean, it certainly sounds that way. And, you know, like I said, Verve was, it just seemed like more of a stopgap than anything. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, pretty much. Um, it was, it was good at the time. Like, I mean, especially if you, it was a really good deal if you liked anime. Um, they had, because uh, I, th- I think you could get like all of Crunchyroll's, so, like all of your like su- sub subtitle stuff, um, all of Funimation, which is all of your like your English dubs. And then you have Verve on the side too, all for one like subscription. So it was pretty, it was pretty good for a while. But of course, yeah. not, not, nothing lasts forever in the streaming era, as you know. It, unless the big company finally starts its own streaming service, like I think Peacock and Paramount Plus. But I, but you know, at first I was I was kind of um, I wasn't in on the idea of everybody having their own thing. But I kind of like it now. Yeah, like, I like I like knowing movie. that there are like that that there's like a solid four to five, and I like knowing where everything is. Well, yeah, like especially with Disney buying out 20th Century Fox, so like I can, you know, watch The Simpsons and Star Wars on the on same the same service. service yeah. Without commercials, like it's fantastic. Did, honestly, like Disney Plus, like I. I I think they raised the price one time. Like I honestly don't know how Disney Disney and HBO have not um how they how they're keeping the profit margins up with the prices that they have the services at because you get so much content. Well, the thing is, they don't they don't have to have the profit margins up. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I mean, no, I mean, in order, well, I mean, yeah, but like my point. Is essentially that like Disney charges what seven ninety nine a month for Disney Plus? Um, I, maybe. Um, I I my point is that my point is that for what you get, especially with no commercials, they could easily charge twice as much, and it would still be worth. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, but to kind of circle back, um, you know. Because, like we said, copyright has, you know, hampered Kablam's ability to be syndicated, to be released on home media, to be streamed even. Finally, it seems that Nick and the people at Viacom are making an extremely concerted effort to get all of the rights to the shorts that they showed on Kablam and restore all of the show to the service because in June of this year, when Kablam was first uploaded to the service, there were only 23 episodes. Mm -hmm. We just got to the beginning of September 
we're at 37. Like they're yeah, clearly almost, making, almost, almost got all, got them all. At, they're more than more than halfway, more than three quarters of the way there. And I'm not gonna say that like I have like confidence that they're gonna be able to get all of them because like especially with Angela Anaconda being a Fox property at the moment. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, but I think it's possible that Disney owns that now. <laughs> Which, oh boy, that's that, a whole yeah, that's a whole another can of worms that I'm sure they don't want to get into. I'm sure they don't. But yeah, like it seems to me that they're making like an extremely concerted effort to get every bit of content from the shows that they aired onto that platform, which is extremely encouraging. Now, Mm -hmm. if they can get the media rights to all the songs that they had on Daria and put that on there, I think that'd be great too, but like, obviously no pressure, (laughs) but yeah, it's just, I think that with a lot of the episodes being restored and being found in one place for, I mean, $6 a month for a streaming platform with no, with limited to no commercials, pretty good. (laughs) I hope Um, it continues. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I like that Kablam is, you know, hopefully getting its kind of like time in the sun I mean, like I said, I think it's a show that, you know, was kind of forward thinking, was very innovative, um, kind of grungy. But at the end of the day, like, it was a great show. And because of its format, it kind of almost got lost the time there. And I hope that a lot of people, I mean you're listening to this episode or like you just see it on paramount plus or like you see a meme from twitter or some shit like, yeah give it a shot i hope it yeah exactly i hope it you know jogs your memory to like go watch it again because I, honestly that first season fire it's pretty, <laughs> pretty good yeah but um yeah i think i think that's really all i had to say about about the old uh, cartoon showcase did you uh do you have anything else you'd like to add no i think we got i think we covered everything um yeah pretty good show uh shame about all of the copyright issues and everything being lost in the shuffle lost time however you want to call it but uh now that it, now that a lot of it is on paramount plus i think people should go back and revisit it uh it's a lot of good content in there indeed indeed so that'll just about do it for the show show this week uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, I'm not positive what we're going to cover next. Um, I mean, if you want to actively brainstorm right now and throw out an idea, um, by all means. I am going to suggest that we do Sheep in a Big City. Ooh. Okay. Sh- shift the networks a little bit here. Um, I'd be down to do that. Um, definitely have to do some digging to find the, uh, <laughs> to find the episodes for it, yeah. but, but, um, I look forward to, um, speaking with you about that and, uh, hopefully our listeners will join us again for that. Yes. Um, 
if you are interested in seeing our terrible tweets, uh, you can. Your terrible me. tweets. My, mine, are, mine are somewhat all right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> My, mine is mine's Chuck Meat. Yours are Steakums. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, you can follow me at Dirt Reynolds twenty three on Twitter. You can follow me at Nike's on my tweet. And if you are looking for updates on the podcast or our other podcast, proceed with caution. You can follow us over at Double Show Pod. Um, in the meantime, we really appreciate you tuning in, and um, until then. We hope you go watch Kablam and maybe some My Life as a Teenage Robot and Paradise Paradise Plus, Paramount Plus. Yeah, don't don't go to Paradise Plus. I don't know what that is. I don't think you want to go there. Uh, that's that sounds like heaven for rich people. Um, yeah, uh, Earth maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll yeah. See y'all later. Yeah, y'all have a good one.